legal historians, the intellectual happening that set an end to the classical age of the Jus Commune was the progressive, ecocious opening of the legal knowledge to the astonishing cultural innovations introduced by the Italian humanists. Humanism began in Italy already in the 14th century, with famous scholars like Petrarca and Boccaccio. It began as the search for the lost classical literature. The first humanists were attracted by the writings of Cicero, Seneca, Virgil, and of the other great Latin writers. Some of their works had been diffused and read during the whole Middle Ages, but some other were forgotten or corrupted. Humanists raided monastic libraries in search of the few copies of those works, aiming at reconstructing the classical literature as much completely as possible. They developed the first form of philology, aimed at correcting the errors introduced in the texts by the manuscripts' reproduction and identifying the false attributions of medieval texts to ancient authors. In the 15th century, two humanists devoted their interest also to the Digest of Justinian, which actually contained a number of writings produced by Roman lawyers during the Classical Age. One of those humanists, Lorenzo Valla, wrote that he read the wall of the huge book with great pleasure. He meant that the legal texts were also pieces of good Latin literature. Being an extraordinary expert of the Latin language, Valla also devoted his attention to the most famous medieval forgery, the donation of Constantine, forged in the 8th century and received in the Decretum of Gratian, the first book of the Corpus Iuris Canonici. Taken for true and valid by medieval jurists, the failed donation was a justification of the high power of the Pope over the entire Western Empire and over all newly discovered islands. Too. The donation was an important text supporting the political claims of the Pope, but Valla proved that the, next, the text could not date back to the age of Constantine and that it must be a forgery. During the same years, another humanist and poet, Polizianus, accomplished a careful control of every word of the current edition of the Digest with the oldest preserved manuscript, the Florentine Pandects, preserved in the library of Lorenzo de' Medici, a friend of Polizianus. This word-by-word check revealed that the version used in schools since the rediscovery of the Digest, called the Vulgata, contained many errors 
produced by the process of copying across the time. By learning also the forgotten Greek language, the humanist went on looking for the few Greek passages of the Code of Justinian, integrating its traditional text with newly discovered laws. All this changed the face of the Roman law, of the sources of the Roman law, which were completely renovated by the work of humanistic philology. So these philological discoveries endangered the most important basis of the scholastic treatment of Roman law. The theories built by jurists through interpretation of the Roman law were now discredited by the change of their very textual reason. For a while, the scholastic environment resisted to these innovations, sometimes with good reasons. Some of the traditionalists say that what mattered was not the original text, but the text that had been received by the practice. But towards 1500, the philological critique of the text became a powerful tool for introducing new interpretations of the Roman law and to change the general framework of scholarly knowledge also in the field of law. A new generation of scholars had an increasing success. Andrea Alciato, the first Italian lawyer and humanist, was a practicing lawyer, but also a passionate and very learned humanist, in full control of philology, classical Latin and Greek. His teaching was very successful, but the opposition of traditionalist professors pushed him out of Italy. He moved to France, where he founded a new school of humanistic jurisprudence. The new attitude towards Roman law, regarded as an unbearable product of the ancient Rome to be studied in its historical and cultural framework, produced in fact a substantial change in the legal culture. It could strengthen the respect for the classical perfection of the Roman institution, but also it justified the aspiration to the creation of the new national legal systems, built for the needs of the present, even if keeping the classics as a model. The first legal humanists shared the same attitude of the contemporary artists. Take the example of Brunelleschi, the architect who projected and built the cupola of the Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore in Florence. In 1402, he came to Rome, along with the young Donatello, to study the forms and the techniques of the ancient monuments. He was puzzled by the cupola of the Pantheon, the biggest in the world at that time, that is built in concrete, a material that had been completely forgotten during the Middle Ages. Brunelleschi admired it, but he was not able to reproduce it as it was, because times had changed, and the harmony of the antiquity seemed to be admirable, but not really actual 
in the present time. So, when he was asked to finish the big basilica with a dome in Florence, he invented something completely new, inspired by antiquity, but in tune with the present. Something similar happened for the legal humanists. The study of the Roman law in its historical contexts, the careful criticism on every word of its text, increased the admiration for the ancient model. But also it displaced the Roman law from the present to the past. Turned Roman law to a model, a source of inspiration, distant and admired, but no more in direct use.